Hey guys, it's Lisa. Rachel and I are back on the podcast today to talk about fashion and our faith in God. Hi everyone, excited to be back with you. <laughs> the title of today's episode is Clues from Scripture, what our God reveals to us about how we should fashion ourselves. I'm so excited to delve into this with you, Rachel. I know, it's going to be. There's a lot to unpack here. There is. We upload a new episode every Friday afternoon, Lord willing. So hopefully you can stream us on your drive home and we can help kick off your weekend. If you are a Catholic priest, religious, Catholic theologian, or otherwise knowledgeable person, please reach out to us if you hear us accidentally say anything that goes against the magisterium, because we do want everything we say to align with the teachings of Holy Mother Church. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fashioned by Faith Podcast, and join the discussion in our Facebook group called Fashioned by Faith. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> so happy to be back together on this Friday. Oh, me too. And I just want to say, I love what you're wearing today. Oh, my, thank you. <laughs> you're always so styling. <laughs> oh, you too. In fact, we're sort of wa- matching. We have oh, yeah. some darker colors going on this weekend. We do. We must be embracing fall vibes. I think so. We're moving <laughs> in that direction. It's a little cooler. I know yeah. I kind of talk about the temperature every time, but like to me, though. it's very significant. You walk out and you think, all right, what does it feel like this yeah. morning? That influences our choices of fashion. Definitely, isn't it? yes. <laughs> and I wanted to wish you a happy feast day of Saint, Saint Vincent, Vincent de Paul. De Paul. <laughs> yes, what a lovely. This is so good. Whenever I think of Saint Vincent de Paul, I always think of Angela's Ashes. Did you ever read that book or see that movie? It's been recommended to me, but I never did. I hope you do someday. It's really good. And um, for me, especially when I was a newer Catholic, it's when I read part of the book and watched the movie. It's such a good. Um, like window into Catholic culture, even really? like, you know, decades and decades ago. Okay. It's so interesting, but St. Vincent de Paul being there for the poor, yeah. very inspiring. I owe this man an apology. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you this story. Okay. So as you know, he co-founded the Daughters of Charity, mm. okay, along with St. Louise. Okay. De- I think it's De Marillac might be her last okay. name. And I also owe that woman an apology. Oh. So let me explain. <laughs> so, okay. So first of all, St. Vincent Paul, his heart is incorrupt. And St. Louis's mm. whole body mm. is incorrupt. And both are visible to pilgrims at the mother house of the um, Sisters of Charity in Paris. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in 2005, I was vacationing in London mm. and Paris and I got all worked up to go see my patron, St. Catherine Labouret, right? And it, you know, it was a little difficult to figure out the maps and everything and the transportation and, and get there. But when I got there, I was just so excited to go see her incorrupt body. So I like joyfully run into the mother house at the Rue de Bac, you know, and I try to be yeah, quiet and yeah. reverent. But I'm like so excited to see Catherine. And I kneel down in front of her body and I say these joyful prayers. And then I just like skipped out of there and <laughs> and I picked up a postcard on my way out, right? And I'm just like, oh, it's all downhill from now. I'm just so happy. So after I flew home and then I'm unpacking and stuff, I examined the postcard that I picked up. Yes. And here I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> there are two more saints right there in the altar that I totally ignored. Oh my goodness. <laughs> St. Louise's entire body was just over to the left oh of the altar. Goodness. I was on the right side. 
And like <laughs> very close uh, to St. Catherine was St. Vincent's heart. Oh my word. Which was in a reliquary because it uh, did not decompose. And I completely missed them both. <laughs> Anyway, so St. Vincent and St. Louise, I apologize for not realizing your relics were right there. Right there. And you so would have gone and said Paris before (laughs) them had you known, right? Had I known, yeah. And, you know, it's not easy to go to Paris. It takes a lot of uh, time and money, right? It sure does. It's not something a lot of people are able to do every other year or week. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) Um, One other thing I will say about St. Vincent de Paul is that I had read that he was one of the earlier forces in fighting Jansenism which was a movement a heresy yes Uh and within the catholic church had been especially in france had Mm. rather gripped um even very faithful catholics including saint Saint Teresa, exactly Mm -hmm. and so i'm there are some you know it it was much more legalistic and so much of a fear about Mm. works saving you like i have to do enough good works i hope i can get into heaven like that so i'm grateful to saint vincent de paul that he was someone who fought against that i didn't know that about him yeah really cool. cool yeah wow all right now so before we go on rachel i have a gift to give you oh my it's actually not from me though it's from our friend marlene okay and you're gonna recognize this this is a book that oh, we mentioned. Yes, thirty-three days to morning glory, uh, by Father Michael Gately. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So she wanted you to have that. Thank you. Thank you, Marlene, so much. <laughs> and just remember, like you know, it's thirty-three days of short reading, and it's to prepare you for a Marian consecration. So you discern as you go. I remember telling our listeners, like, I've had a lot of such good devout Catholics have great reservation in making a Marian consecration because they want to retain Jesus as their number one priority in life, as he should be. So I think as you read it, you know... I hope you'll see. See what happens. Yeah, just see, just see how you feel. No pressure. Yes. All I in love God's this. timing. And I love this. I love to learn. I love to see and I love to discern with Good. how the Spirit is leading me. Yay. Thank and you. You're welcome. And one other little thing. Oh, okay. You can look at this later. Okay. Um, it's a prayer book for the Consoling oh. Hearts of Jesus and oh, Mary. Wonderful. Also from Marlene. Thank so. you so much. This is gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. So I want to hear about your week. Tell me the highlights and lowlights. Sure. Uh, one, of the, one of the tougher things over the past week was... Um, one of my friends has a daughter who's really struggling mightily with eczema. Oh. And we're talking not just a patch here or there, but really just so mm. difficult. And the cause is still really mysterious. Um, my friends are working so, so hard on it, and it breaks my heart to see her suffering. Mm. Oh, it's hard. So her parents are completely amazing. They're tough people, and they're, they just keep searching for answers. But um, if anyone listening might offer up a quick prayer for this family i'd be so grateful skin diseases can just be torture so we hope that they find some answers for her how old is she i don't know her exact age but she's um she's a young child so she's not a toddler so she's younger than five Mm. i believe okay so bless her heart heart. thank you yeah my low light from this last week actually was there are so many people that need our prayers Mm. there's so many people suffering and you know i just um yeah, that's just been kind of a low light. Just thinking of, you know, my one friend, her sister is, is preparing to meet Jesus. And oh. that's so joyful for her, but so tough for all of us living. And just the suffering. And I just can't get her out of my mind. And yeah, so. It's hard. It is. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. It's hard with, you know, we love our family so much. It's yeah. hard. Oh, but yes, we got to so keep short. praying. Yes. So, yeah, anyone who, you know, listening can pray just, you know, and sometimes even if we forget who we're praying for or we don't know who we're praying for, 
the Holy Spirit can remind us and we can just say, you know, Lord, all those people I promised I would pray for, even those who I've forgotten, Lord, take this prayer and just apply it, you know, as needed. Yeah, to who, whomever, whomever needs it. Yeah. That's a great thing about Marian consecration, too, is that we offer all of our prayers to Our Lady to distribute as needed. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't have to be remembering every detail. She will take care of it. I love that. Tell me about your highlights from the week. Sure. <clears throat> so my husband and the kids and I went to a free concert at our library. You oh. know, you and I shared the yes, same we library. Have done that. Yes. <laughs> um, so it featured a quartet who performed classics from the American Songbook. So oh. like Gershwin and some oh, others the stuff like you that. like. <laughs> oh, I do. I like it so much. So I loved seeing neighbors or you know community mm-hmm. members mm-hmm. coming together for some culture oh it was great. fun oh i missed that that was not on my radar <laughs> well next time i'll text you be like hey you want to come <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh for me one of the um highlights of my week has just been watching the growth of this podcast yay we've had 332 plays so far and i'm just it's just such a delight to see more and more people listening so Thank you, listeners. Yes, thank you so much. (laughs) And another highlight for me was um, doing a cornfield maze with my family. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done one? Come to think of it, I don't know that maybe when our oldest was a toddler, that's okay. probably the last time, and he's seven now. Oh, so time to do it time again. Time to do it again. <laughs> we had we went to a great one, so that's wonderful. Yeah, so fun. Um, I just have a correction from last episode, if you don't mind, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to say or clarify to our viewers, not that anybody really cares about this, but I do use hot water when I do the laundry. <laughs> okay, just so everybody knows, it's for our bathroom and kitchen towels and washcloths. I uh, definitely yes. do hot. Yeah, and actually that makes sense with what you said about killing germs. Yes. Got okay, it. good. Thank you. Very cool. <laughs> okay, I I have something I want to sort of correct from last time, too. It's okay. this thought that's been nagging me. Um, it's one that I wish I would have addressed earlier when we started the podcast, actually. It's the, this idea of respecting one another in our fashion choices. Hmm. So last week when we were talking about dressing in a way that shows our dignity, I used the example of an outfit I wouldn't choose, which was a sports bra and shorts. Oh, yeah. But when I said that, there was a bunch of context hidden in my brain. Mm. So, like, I'm a mom of multiple kids. I don't work out in gyms anymore. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that much of my body on display. So, like, walking down the aisles in the grocery store, this wouldn't be a good choice for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I see an Olympian woman you know, wearing this sporty attire. I mean, her dignity is shining through very Mm. clearly, you know, with what God has given her and and the talents and um, strength and whatnot. So um, fashion choices can be highly situational. Yes, you're right, the context. Completely. And I think the culture in which we dress Mm -hmm. plays a part in how appropriate an outfit is. That's a good point. So, like, I have friends in a nearby big city um, who can pull off even edgier looks. I think it fits into the culture. It's not as shocking or Mm -hmm. what have you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, swimsuits fit into the culture at the beach, but they don't in church. Yeah. You know, like, there are differences. Yeah. So, there is such a thing as dressing oneself in a way that detracts from one's dignity. Yeah. And my point today, though, is that there can be variation from one person to the next in what that looks like. So, my intent when we have these conversations is never to be judgy about a person's specific outfit per se, you know, but, um, and I hope it didn't come across that way. I think our listeners know you by now, Rachel. I hope, like, I just feel like you always have good intentions. You're always lifting people up and giving people dignity. So thank you. I think our, I think our listeners could tell that. Okay. (laughs) So thank you. Cause really for me, the discussion is really about 
discovering and internalizing God's teachings, having our hearts be transformed as we mature in faith, and getting to the point where even our fashion choices align with his will Mm. for us, whatever that looks like. Like it might even surprise us how we change over time. Yeah. Because being human is discovering God's will and realizing that his will is so much better than our will could ever mm. dream of being. Yeah. So it's about that. What's the matters of the heart? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Are you ready to get into the heart of our discussion I today? I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. So clues from scripture. What our God reveals to us about how we should fashion ourselves. Indeed. And you know, Rachel, when I prepare for a podcast episode, I'm always thinking about like our listeners and how they might feel or think or kind of, you know, react to what we say. But the irony in all of this is that as I prepared these notes here, I realized I'm not preaching to the masses. I'm preaching to myself. Yeah. Oh, yep. I can relate. (laughs) So God must have known I needed to hear what I'm about to share. Like this is so applicable to my life. Like some of this stuff is funny, but some of this stuff is like majorly serious that I Mm. need to take to heart. Yes. I mean, honestly, well, we'll get into (laughs) it, but it makes you think hard. Yeah, it It does. does. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so can I, I, I just have like about 10 points that I pulled out from scripture, and then I want to hear yours too, but could I just go over my first one real quick here? Sure, yeah. And then maybe we can go back and forth. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. All right, so the first thing that I saw when I was just kind of looking through, I kind of narrowed my focus to the um, the Gospels in the New Testament, and um, the first is just our dependence on God, and... This was from Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food, and the body not more than clothing? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin. But I tell you that not even King Solomon, in all his splendor, was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass, the grass of the field with, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you? Mm-hmm. So do not worry and say, what are we to wear? And I think it also said, what are we to eat? Mm-hmm. Your heavenly fa- father knows what you need. I'm sorry, knows that you need them. Mm-hmm. Seek first the kingdom of God and do not worry about tomorrow. So it kind of puts all of this into context that while it is so much fun to talk about fashion, like we don't need to ever get too concerned or worry about these things. You're so right. Like <laughs> that, that they have a proper place. They do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, when I read that verse, which is, I have about like roughly eight points or so, and some of mine overlap with yours. So I'll just okay. say when I read that passage, it really struck me that I might not worry that I have something to wear because I have plenty of clothes, but I'm, I may worry, is my outfit fabulous enough? You know, mm. that could be my worry. Like, mm. is it fashionable enough? Which is still not appropriate to have that worry. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like a different iteration because I am blessed with enough money to not worry if I will have clothes. Mm-hmm. So that's would be more of the temptation. You're right. And so we can look look to that and say, we should not worry about that either. Yeah. It's not important. If you've got clothes on, you're fortunate. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure exactly if we just got cut off there, but we're cash, so we're good. We'll just Sorry, keep going. 
<laughs> okay. All right. So my next point yeah, is yeah. Um, that beautiful verse that I saw in Matthew chapter 6 about treasure in heaven. Yes, yes. Do not store up for yourselves on earth where moth and decay destroys and thieves break in and steal, but store up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor decay destroy nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. And I just wanted to share a, a little point on that. Um, obviously, storing treasures in heaven, I believe, means you know virtues, working on your virtues mm-hmm. and things like yes. that. But I just want to propose a wacky idea that I got a couple months ago. Wouldn't it be lovely to see a, a piece of fashion, maybe it's a handbag, maybe it's a really cool dress, and to say, you know what, Lord, I am going to give that to you. I'm going to offer that up. I'm going to store that treasure in heaven. If you want me to enjoy that dress or that handbag, Mm. put it on my cloud in heaven someday, Lord. You know, Um. I am not going to enjoy that on this earth. Um, Do you think that's possible? It's like a sacrifice in that moment. Yeah. And of course, like when we get to heaven, I, I know that we're going to be so excited to see our Lord and the saints and everybody that we're not going to be concerned with little things like a fashion piece, oh, right, right. but still to, to pretend now on this earth to say, you know, not pretend, but to say, I'm going to hold off on the enjoyment of this tangible good. Really, that is a virtue of detachment. I, I think so. Right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And I do think that whatever garb looks like, whatever it's like in heaven, there yeah. is this sense that I know what's coming is greater than what I see before me. Yeah, that's right. So I am postponing my gratification or my joy and um, hopefully building that virtue with the hope that it's going to blow my mind what it's like when I get there. You so much better than I can, but that's what I was going for. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I think that's great. (laughs) So good. Yeah, when I read about this treasures on earth um, in in a very practical way... the word worship came to my mind. Don't worship my clothes. Mm. In in earlier times, you know, when I was a professional fashion and my clothes were so important to me mm. and it was fun. But um, if I were to lose any of them, stain them, whatever, it, it felt like a bigger deal back then. Mm. Like I just loved it. It was part of my identity. So this idea, we don't want to worship our clothes and have them be more important than they are. Yeah. Good, it's good. Good lesson for me to hear. Yeah. All right. Um, being appropriately appropriately dressed for the wedding feast is another point that I saw in scripture that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, I thought this was really cool. Um, and also, it's kind of like dress appropriately, not only to give yourself yourself dignity, but to give others dignity. Mm-hmm. Right. In the way we dress, yes. we can give others dignity. And so, um, in this in this verse in scripture, this is um, Matthew chapter twenty two, verse eleven. I won't read it now, but maybe some of our viewers would want to go there. Um, you know, when the when the king notices that someone wasn't addressed appropriately for the wedding feast, he throws him out. Mm-hmm. And you know, what is Jesus teaching us in that verse? Again, I think it's our choice of attire not only gives us dignity, but it. It shows respect and gives dignity to those we are around. And that person didn't care enough. Right. At least that's the hope, that right. he just didn't care enough to dress appropriately for the feast, not that he couldn't. Right, right. I think that does make a lot of sense. There is an absolute parallel. Let me see if I can articulate this right. In scripture where there's clothing and then there's what clothing represents, which is virtue and, you know, being mm. perfect as God is perfect, being redeemed. And so there are two levels. There's the clothes he wore 
the or he do we know if it's, it's he a or man. she? It's I, I a think man. it is a man. Okay. Yeah. And he got thrown out because yeah. he wasn't clothed right for the wedding. And then it can go one step deeper because it it's talking about the state of his soul too mm. that he wasn't prepared. He did not prepare himself for the wedding feast. I see. And right. it is it almost gives me goosebumps when I see the parallel between clothes and the state of our souls over and over in scripture. Whoa. Yeah. It's so cool. Oh, that's, that's a fascinating point, Rachel. Thank you. What else do you have for us? Um, I, I organized my thoughts sort of in two categories because, um, when I, when I think about scripture, and in the Bible and in fashion, what it says, the Bible obviously doesn't give us exhaustive instruction about how to dress, <clears throat> but rather it gives us these clues and they pretty much all do start within the heart, you know, matters of the heart, mm. the alignment between the Holy Spirit within our hearts and our clothing choices is what we're after. Not simply, is this allowed? Is this cut allowed? Is this too short, too long? You know, mm-hmm. what am I allowed to wear? Mm-hmm. Um, which would be more of a legalistic reading, be, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. So so with that being said, my brain really wanted to split some of these passages into, you know, things that we shouldn't do with our clothes and things that are more permitted or that the we're allowed to do, mm-hmm. in, but not in a legalistic way. Oh, that's true. So, so here, this, what we've been kind of talking about is the more of like, don't, things we shouldn't do, don't fall into traps, let's say, of worshiping our clothes or not being prepared, um, not showing dignity. Um I'm just looking here at my notes. There was oh one um, in First Timothy. Mm-hmm. It's First Timothy two nine. It's a passage where um, we read that you know I'll, I'll just pull it out um, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and rever- reverence. You know because God desires all people to be saved. You know then the writer goes on to talk about how mostly women should dress, but he says that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing. Mm. So not reading this in a legalistic way that pearls and braids are wrong, but more like don't let fashion detract us from our true business, Mm. which is for us to be saved, to be working out our salvation and finding our creator and mm-hmm. becoming closer to him accepting and to be his mercy accepting his mercy accepting and his redemption for us that's right mm-hmm. and aligning our wills throughout our life to his will mm-hmm. you know dying to ourselves and also praying for all of mankind that they will find god as well mm-hmm. so this idea that fashion doesn't need shouldn't detract us from what truly matters mm-hmm. which is that not mm-hmm. fashion in and of itself yes so I, I noticed that one. Um, there's one more, but I wanted to see no, if you want to. Okay. Yeah. So the other one about like what not to do. I found mm-hmm. one in First Peter chapter three. Um, it says, "Your beauty." It's kind of similar. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, mm-hmm. which is of great worth in God's sight. So again, to me, it's not like you cannot wear jewelry, but more don't worship our own beauty. Yeah. Um, don't obsess over our looks. Don't yes. obsess over our flaws because we're missing out on our truest selves. I, I, I thought about celebrities, for instance, whose beauty is their brand. It's mm-hmm. their business, you know, being a model or whatnot. And it made me feel like I wouldn't want to do that because mm-hmm. I'd be so scared 
what if I put on an, an extra pound or two? What if I started getting mm, wrinkles? What and a burden that the is. The burden, yeah. right. So this idea that um, if we, the more we can free ourselves that's from worshiping our own beauty in a yeah. sense, that's a strong word I know, but like obsessing over it, mm-hmm. it is true freedom. Mm-hmm. And I will say the skin condition that I'm, I'm going through, in a sense, it gives me a lot of freedom because since it makes my skin crinkly and stuff, I do not have to worry about, am I getting, am I wrinkly? Like, yeah, I am from this illness. Mm-hmm. And it makes me happier in a way wow. because then I'm more free, Yeah, if that makes sense. It does. I can just be myself and I do not have to worry about makeup or anything. Right. Oh, that's a nice blessing. It is. It's I a weird God blessing. That you can see that. You can see the blessing in it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Funny, because one of the things I actually thought about this past week was how, like, I love earrings. And so I always am checking out other people's earrings, yes. right? But if a person, if a woman is not wearing earrings or not wearing a necklace or something, like, all you can notice is their uniqueness as a person, as a child of that's God. True. There's nothing to distract. That's true. From, you know. Yeah their dignity if you will so anyway so a couple times this week I was like you know what I'm skipping the necklace I'm skipping the earrings yeah I did and you'll just let Lisa come out you know who you are that was what I was hoping yeah Yeah, that's really (laughs) neat it's a good challenge for yourself and Mm -hmm. see how comfortable you are with that do I feel naked without it yeah or do I feel comfortable how dependent on these things am I I love that how dependent am I I love that Mm mm-hmm yeah all right. So those were mine for like the should nots more so. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the shoulds or? Unless I am curious to hear some more of your okay, points. Okay. Well, let me say one of my points then. Okay. Um, so one of the things I got too was, of course, less is more. Yes. And there's a verse um, that always has stuck out to me. You know I like handbags, right? I do. So I think it's very interesting that when Jesus commissions the 12 to go out, um, he sends them out in pairs, which is so beautiful. Yes. And I, you know, like, so that you have, it's like the buddy system, Absolutely. you know, you're working together. And I feel that with you, Rachel, like we're oh, a little pair yes. here. And he instructed them not to carry a sack for the journey. Hmm. So you take no handbag with you. And I was like, oh, you know, and he says, no gold, silver, no second tunic, sandals or walking stick. Without cost, you have received without cost you are to give mm. and it's 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 an act of trust there absolutely too, that god will provide he will give you what he needs what you need when you need it um so yeah th- there must be some virtue in not carrying that handbag and not um not taking all these things with you so something i gotta remember yeah. when i pack to go places <laughs> yeah it's interesting right that if we rely a hundred percent on ourselves that it's my job to make sure every need we do take care of the needs of our family, but somehow trusting, you know what, even if something goes wrong, yeah. God will take care of us. Yes. And I just want to share another point, if you don't mind. Another thing I gleaned here from scripture is that God can work through tangible things, mm. including his clothes, as he did in this one verse, which I'm going to talk about. But just first, as we talk about tangible things, like receiving Jesus in the Eucharist, yes. tangible, venerating the relics of the saints, tangible, right. uh, carrying a blessed rosary on our person, tangible. Um, so there was a woman, you probably remember the story of the woman with a hemorrhage. Yes. Uh, she was just bleeding and bleeding. And Jesus was walking through a crowd and she, in her faith, knew, she just knew that if she went up and touched him, she would be healed. And she she touched only his clothing. That's all she could grab. Mm. But she did. And she was instantly healed. And Jesus felt that. He felt it through his clothing. And he, 
I, I don't have my Bible open right here, although it is on my lap, but it was, you know, he said something like, you know, who touched me? And he could feel the power right. going to her. And I just, I just think that's beautiful that, that God can work through tangible things and it's perfectly okay to be grasping for him all the time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and he created tangible things and then he redeemed tangible, tangible things, things, including clothes. Yeah. You're right. It is really stunning when you put it in that perspective. <laughs> well, you know, so actually this is such a positive, his clothes being used for good in that case. Mm-hmm. So some of these points now are more about clothing on the positive side okay. in, a, in a way where scripture shows we can enjoy clothes and we can be it's okay to be beautiful. We don't have to think, no, I need to be so humble that I need to be plain and whatever, that mm-hmm. that there's a duality or there's a tension there. So mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. first one that really jumped out at me was Proverbs 31. This is about the Proverbs 31 woman, as, as they call it. This is a woman, this is a wonder woman. Okay. This is a woman who makes her husband proud all the time, never fights with him. Mm-hmm. She rises early, she works late, she feeds her family, manages and works plots of land, she shares with the needy, she makes beautiful scarlet clothes for her family, <laughs> so scarlet being a grand sort of royal color, mm. um, which, you know, the passage talks about keeping them warm in the winter and they're not afraid of snow coming and whatnot. Mm. She's... I'm envisioning beautiful hand-woven red sweaters or oh, something. Oh, absolutely. I know. Like these bright colors and the whole family lined up smiling in their red tunics or sweaters. But she dresses herself in fine linen and purple. And purple is associated with royalty. And dignity. And dignity. And elsewhere in the Old Testament, you know, we hear about like wool and flax, some of the scratchier materials. Mm-hmm. But linen is what the priests wore. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And so here's this... I'll say regular, but very virtuous woman wearing this fine, beautiful clothes. Mm. And she's praised. I mean, and other things like she's perceptibly wise. She doesn't waste time on her phone. Ha ha. <laughs> she doesn't, she's not idle. Um, and she fears the Lord. So the mm. beauty of her clothes matches the beauty she displays through her virtues. Oh. So this brings up such an interesting question to me. Will I be virtuous enough to match this outfit I'm about Ooh. to put on? Oh, like, I love that. This thought. is beautiful. Does my beauty inside match this, you know, do my insides, do my outsides and insides match? match. Yeah. So because that's kind of like the goal. It is. Oh. And, and, and that's the pattern I'm starting to see, especially in the Old Testament. Anytime they talk about beautiful clothes, it's always in the context of a virtuous person. Hmm. So the next one is in um, Psalm 45, verse 15. Um it's more of like an allegory or a symbol, but the king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is interwoven with gold. Mm. She will be led to the king in embroidered work. Mm. So really the verse is describing the bride of Christ and we can interpret her splendid clothing as representing her spiritual beauty mm. since she's been redeemed by Christ now. She's the bride clean. of Christ is the church. Right, uh-huh. being the church, that's right. Uh-huh. So, But look at how the clothing is the symbol clothing just like we talked about with christ clothing has been redeemed and beautiful clothing is good so virtue is good beauty is good Uh beautiful clothing can be good so there are two more really quick ones the one is in genesis 37 3 when um jacob who loved his son joseph more than all the other sons because he was the son of his old age made him a very colored tunic Mm. or the tunic of many the coat of many colors so again beauty being a good thing 
And then lastly, in Song of Solomon, which is the romance, romance mm-hmm. book of the Bible, he, there's a verse where he says, you have captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. You have captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. Wow. So there we have beauty and, you know, a Bible approved where an uh, instance of wearing jewelry and beauty. Yes. And, and just one last thought that we think of churches, they're splendid. Well, especially oh. ones where in previous eras or if there was enough money, you know, beautiful, ornate churches. Stained glass windows. Stained glass windows. Beautiful ceilings. Right. Marble floors yeah. and pillars and whatnot and statues. Um, that is like the temple of the Lord. Yeah. We are the temple of of the Holy Spirit. That's true. He lives within us. And so to adorn our bodies in a way that's pleasing, you know, that's beautiful is okay uh-huh. because beauty comes from God. Ah, and the, the when, when we see Jesus's home, God's house, you know, say a beautiful cathedral or whatever, all that architecture and art is meant to lift our thoughts it is. to God, to contemplating his Your majesty. Right. And, and the heavenly reality that mm. we can't see and that does happen to me i'm sure to billions of others when they go into churches like that so it just got me thinking mm. about clothes usually it's like well i shouldn't i shouldn't you know worship myself mm. worship my clothes you know i shouldn't obsess over this i shouldn't spend too much money but that beauty in and of itself is not sinful yes so that's a beautiful reflection like Rachel. thank you way. thank you yeah wow well, um, you talked about purple. There was a color that jumped out to me when I was uh, looking through scripture here. And um, that is, there's something about the color white. Yes. Maybe yes. it's purity. Um, personally, I think white looks good on everybody, regardless yes. of your skin tone. Yes. White just makes everybody look good. <laughs> and um, let's see if I can. Oh, so you remember the transfiguration of Jesus. This was Matthew chapter 17 or Mark chapter nine. His face shone like the sun and his clothes Mm. became white as light. Or um, in the other chapter, it says dazzling white. Yes. Such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Mm. And um, anyway, so when we think of the color white, I think of purity and innocence. And um, I just want to tell you a brief story. So we have a cloistered um, Dominican convent near here. And my daughter and I sometimes go in. Sometimes my son, too, will say a prayer in the chapel. And my daughter one time a couple months ago said that she wanted to meet one of the sisters. And they are cloistered, so they're not supposed to come out. And I said, well, you know, she's four. Maybe we can ask. So we asked. And this cute little old cloistered nun came out to meet Vera briefly. And Vera was just you know, in awe. She was amazed. And so we visited this sister occasionally. But what I want to point out is that when we asked the sister about how she discerned her vocation, she actually told us that she desperately wanted to wear a habit that was all white. Oh my! And when she was growing up, she kept meeting all these sisters that were not wearing white. And she said, is anybody wearing all white? I want to wear all white. And then when she saw the Dominicans, they have a oh. white, um, all white habit with, I guess, a black veil. Okay. Typically. Okay. Anyway, and then she was she was hooked. So I think that's just wow. so interesting that maybe one of her first attractions to a particular order was inspired by the fashion, the habit, if you will, the color of of that order. That so, is incredible. Isn't that neat? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and then, um, just another point, um, that I thought was interesting, Uh, give your best to Jesus. Remembering that verse where Jesus said, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of 
one of these, the least of my brothers, you did it to me. That was in uh, Matthew 25. So um, I think about how in Matthew chapter 26 or Mark chapter 14, the woman who used perfume to anoint Jesus's feet, yes. she had a very expensive perfume and she used it on the son of God, mm -hmm. you know? So again, when we treat others um, with dignity, it's like we're, we're doing that for Jesus. I love that. Another point I gleaned from scripture was, um, you know, do we own our possessions or do our possessions own us? Mm, yep. Again, less is more. So um, the Bible talks about too many possessions need to be gotten rid of. Mark chapter 10, the rich man who did all good things, but he grumbled when Jesus told him to get rid of his possessions yes. and follow him. That yep. was a key component of following him. Um, and then Luke chapter 12 says, take care to guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. And then the last two points I just wanted to talk about was that Jesus was clothed in humility mm. during his passion. And we should wear the same. Isn't it true? Uh, and he was stripped of his garments and they were auctioned off. Um, people mocked Jesus by clothing him in purple. Um, pretending that he was a king, even right. though he really was, right. and putting a crown of thorns on him. And they later stripped him of his garments and auctioned them off. That was in Mark chapter 15. So again, but you know, he wore the dignity, the virtue of humility. And then lastly, this is a fun point. Okay. So Jesus's burial clothes, um, I, I was, um, reading about this and meditating on it. And I concluded that Jesus was very orderly. Uh, the apostles, when they went in and found the empty tomb, mm. they saw that the burial cloths were in one location and the one that had covered his head was rolled up and placed in a separate location. So he rolled, he rolled the towels instead of folded them. So I may, may not be neat and orderly, but I do roll my towels. You do. <laughs> I don't fold them. I put them in the, in the closet rolled. So I'm going to smile and think of Jesus every time I roll my towels. Isn't now. that wonderful? <laughs> I think that's great. You know, there's something about how it fits in your closet that. Yeah. Just a little reminder. Wonderful. That was John chapter 20. So. Oh, I love that. It was so hard for me. One of my life lessons that we're going to get to in a minute yeah, relates start. so ahead. heavily to the one thing you said. And I was oh, trying go, to hold it go, back. Go, go, go. But, okay, so you talked about the sister who, you know, was first drawn into her vocation through the sense of sight and yeah. seeing clothes and white and whatnot. Um, so I've come to this this thought, like, I've been spending some good time in the last week learning about how to tame our passions. Mm. And I keep noodling on something that a priest named Father Barnabas said. He said, the reason why you were given your five senses was so that you could know God. So we might all know this. We might have heard it a lot of times, but it is hitting me like a ton of bricks right mm. now. I'm thinking, what? Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. um, so not to satisfy my desires and passions. That's not why I have the sense of taste, you know, to eat whatever I want because it oh. tastes good or the sense of sight so that I can just, you I have know, not heard this reflection, so I'm really glad you're sharing interesting. it. Interesting. Okay, so, okay, so for me, too, it's sort of like, wow. God gave us God. our sense, all of our senses, uh -huh. to know God. And if we think wow. about it, he created the world. That kind of goes with theology of the body. It does. It, it does. You know, it mm. completely does that anything that we're doing is to ultimately learn more about God. Yeah. So it gives me that, I'll say creepy, I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean like that like tingly feeling like... Oh, a good tingly are, feeling. Yeah, yeah, like there are clues all around us about mm. God. And his love for us. Right, and his 
his mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. and we just need to I need I, I just have to keep pondering this like wow. what does it mean when I see when I hear when I smell when I taste how can I know more yeah. about God in this we need to praise him through it all through those experiences I think we do and then mm. also just keep wondering like what is he trying trying to teach me about his nature right now? That's true. So I loved that story That's about the, the sister who yeah. <laughs> used her sense of sight and it brought her closer to God. It did. <laughs> yeah, very cool. One of my life lessons I learned this week was that when I store up riches here on earth by, you know, adding to my wardrobe, ultimately I'm setting myself up my setting myself up for the loss of these items because ultimately yeah. they will go to someone else. Hopefully as a donation, but possibly they could, you know, just go to the landfill. So just kind of keeping things in perspective for me. I love that, yes. What was one favorite tangible that you enjoyed this past week? You might appreciate this because you're so organized. It was my school and life organizer. Oh, like a planner? (laughs) Yeah. I made it myself, though, so it's like... So, okay, I designed some pages. Me too. That's okay. what I do. Love it. Love it so much because you want it to suit your specific needs. Sure. So it's my school organizer. But every oh, time. Show me. I would love to. Every time I log, you know, like what our weekly menu is going to be in there. Yes, yes. Or the inspirations we need for the week or like logging what lessons we did. It makes me so happy. Like, I can't even stand it. It's is so it satisfying. Like, <laughs> is it in like a three ring binder? Yes. Yep. It's in a three ring binder. And then I have printables for each thing. What, yes. you know, I'll show you. Oh, but you must. It's so fun. I love it. Oh, that's great. I just upgraded to a four and a half inch Did three you? ring binder <laughs> and it's, it's got like everything in it for our life, our schedule, our, you know, that calendar. is so fun. Let's compare notes on Let's that. Let's do that. That'd be fun. <laughs> My favorite tangible this week was a seven volume set of books that our friend Marlene gave me. It's called In Conversations with God, and it has reflections on the daily readings from Mass, and apparently many priests use these uh, to create their homilies. So I'm having fun like, reading them before I go to Mass, kind of giving me a heads up on I think what I might wonderful. be learning. Definitely cool, like a, a hidden treasure that not a lot of people know about. That's what it feels like. Cool. I'm excited. Yes. I did not achieve... No, I'm sorry. I did achieve my goal from last week. I did get more sleep. I am, Go, Lisa. Uh, yes. Thanks. I'm proud to tell you. Not every night, but on the whole, I yes. did. Wonderful. And I do have a goal coming up this week, and that is to give the gift of undivided attention oh. in significant chunks to each of my family members. That's lovely. Let's hope I can do that. Yeah, they will gobble it up, I'm sure. I will love it. <laughs> um, for last week's goal... Um, it was to find additional resources to expand our science curriculum. And I think I was kind of clumsy in how I phrased my problem last week. I made it sound like all science taught in the classical tradition is old-fashioned, which is not what I meant to say. (laughs) I meant to say that I wanted to find a modern text to complement some of the tried-and-true classic texts we're using um, to give the kids a multifaceted experience this year. So our new books came yesterday and it was like Christmas. So can't wait to incorporate them into our schedule. Oh, wonderful. And then for this week's goal, I need to keep good track of all the moving parts. For some reason, it's a complex week with, you know, new extracurriculars starting. We have family visiting. We've got field trips, things Mm. like that. So I have to make sure that I keep it all straight so we don't miss anything. So I need to make good use of my planner. Yes. <laughs> like we talked about. Oh, I'm glad you scheduled a podcast in for me each week. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I would not miss this. I love it. <laughs> All right, listeners. Now you get a moment to ponder the holy homework we'd like to give you. Take a moment right now to think about one way you can dress or act differently tomorrow as a result of what we've learned today from scripture. And gentlemen, this holy homework is for you too. Thank you. 
we hope you'll share your decision with us in our discussion group on Facebook. So please join by searching for Fashioned by Faith. Rachel, thank you. I'm going to be counting down the days until we get to do this again next Friday. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Happy to spend time with you. Bye, everybody. You. <laughs> Please be sure to follow us on the gram at Fashioned by Faith Podcast. Please keep us in your prayers, and we'll see you next Friday afternoon for our next episode. And until then, stay true to the faith and keep growing in style.